Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Light of Life podcast. I'm your host Naomi and this week I am going to be answering some very interesting, uh, tough questions. I get these questions a lot. I get them all the time and especially since opening up about more things recently, um, I've gotten a lot more um, questions about about my life and and my experiences with the hospital and my heart condition. You know, I've I I I really hope uh, uh, these are some really good questions. First of all, these are like these are really good, thoughtful, very insightful questions um, that all of you have asked me like in like DMs Um, and I'm so uh, excited to share this with everyone Um, I hope I can share um, quite a bit more of my story as I answer these questions for you today so the very first question this is like the number one question I always get Um, Um, The very first question is, are you able to conceive children? I, this is very, this is a very trick question. I, I'm, first of all, I'm still very young, so I may not need to really ask myself this question for at least a few more years, but I have talked to, like, doctors about it now. I'm not sure what to think because some say yes and some say no. And I think given, I mean, considering how stable my condition is today, it could be a possibility. But considering all the complications I had in the past, it's like, could, could, it's trying to answer the question of could I get more of these medical complications if I were to conceive children and um, like, 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 if, like if I were to get pregnant and, you know, um, I'm, I'm still very young, so I still have quite a few years until I really uh, need to really start thinking about this decision or not, not if it may not even be up to me, they, they, they may seriously say, uh, it, 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 that it probably would just be too risky. I wouldn't be surprised at all um, if they told me that um, in the even even in the future. Like if they told me it's just too risky, considering my very complex history <laughs> with all things medical. So um, and like also like it's a lot. I've heard that pregnancy is like a lot more stressful on your heart. Like, it puts a lot of strain and stress on your heart, so I don't know if that would be the best. I, I don't know. I've I've been told yes, and I've been told no by different doctors, and so I'm just, it's just, it's just a, we're not sure yet. <laughs> we'll have to see how everything goes, like, how all my health issues go in the future. We'll see how stable my condition is in the future. I will... 
We'll have to see. So it's not a yes and it's not a no. I don't know. It's an, it's simply an, I don't know. <laughs> I'll figure it out eventually. The next question is, was Hillary Duff your first choice for Make-A-Wish? I'm so excited to answer this question. Yes, she was. I remember when I first qualified for Make-A-Wish, this was in, it was July or August of 2016. I was 14. And, um, and, um, they told me, hey, you qualify for Make-A-Wish. Um, I, I would like to point out the reason why I qualified for Make-A-Wish is because I was really gravely ill. My heart condition was deteriorating every day. Um, my heart was incredibly enlarged. I had a huge hole in the wall of my heart. Uh, my oxygen level was 50% on oxygen. Like even being on oxygen, it would be 50%. So I was, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I was dying. I was. So, and it, it, it's hard because I wasn't in such a dire situation like I was. I'm almost 100% positive I would have not qualified for Make-A-Wish. So to have, so it's like a blessing, but also a curse at the same time because I had such a much higher risk of dying at, at that time. I, I seriously, yeah, I, I was really, really close to death. Um, so when they told me that I qualified for Make-A-Wish and they told me about like everything you can do, if you want to go somewhere, you can go anywhere in the world. If you want to meet a celebrity, you can meet a celebrity. And as soon as they said, if you want to meet a celebrity, you can meet a celebrity, I knew instantly, I want to meet Hillary Duff. I want to meet Hillary Duff. And now, in 2016, when I was 14, the two shows I watched were Lizzie McGuire and Full House. And Lizzie McGuire, considering I was, you know, if you've seen Lizzie McGuire, it's about... Um, a middle school girl who is just uh, trying to navigate her way through middle school uh, has a crush on Ethan Kraft. <laughs> and, you know, um, that was like, um, I, I, I really enjoyed the show and I felt like I could relate to the character Lizzie a lot. <laughs> I mean, I was 14. Lizzie was 14 too. So, <laughs> and so, um, and so I was like, yeah, I definitely want to meet Hillary Duff. And I and I watched the movie. I watched I watched the Lizzie McGuire movie and I was like, yeah, I yeah, I need to meet Hillary Duff. No, not even just a wanna meet. I was like, I need to meet Hillary Duff. <laughs> and so and so when I and so when I said uh um when I made <laughs> I made my wish and um I said I wish to meet Hillary Duff. Um it was it was, it was amazing. It was definitely the best day of my whole life. I went to her house, actually, and uh, we sang songs. We sang three of her songs. I, I, um, and 
it was just so, so magical and wonderful because Make-A-Wish makes makes magic happen. Oh my gosh, that reminds me of the shirt. The first shirt I wore when I got out of the hospital was a shirt that said making magic happen. And that was Make-A-Wish. So, yeah. Uh oh, oh my god. Okay. This is a very serious question. Um I this was okay, here's one of the like really really serious questions I got. What is comfort care? So, I I've talked about it just a little bit on my podcast just a little bit. Not much. But um so if you don't know what comfort care so when I was for when I first got really sick the first thing that was recommended to me was comfort care um um and yeah I kind of just alluded it to so far all I've really said about it is I just kind of alluded it to that they just say that there's nothing to be done so they'll do nothing for you and that's exactly what will happen um you'll like you'll probably like they'll they'll make you comfortable of course comfort care um but you'll be on bed rest and um they'll uh they won't do anything to try to improve your quality of life they won't do anything to even save your life in fact when it comes to comfort care um they'll have you sign a do not resuscitate order so basically comfort care is um for people who are very like at like absolutely nothing can be done for them um and they would just have to go to a place of we're going to make you feel comfortable we're going to make you um feel as comfortable as you can and we'll let you i mean of course they'll they'll let you go in peace of course but they the sad thing is they won't do anything to save your life if you do go into arrest whether it's cardiac or respiratory they 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 will not try to save you like they won't do cpr they'll um they'll literally just let you die um that was suggested to me my obviously we did not want to do that <laughs> so we so that's why we went and got a second opinion but it um, if anyone here has been affected by comfort care, oh my god, like if anyone has had family members um, pass away in comfort care or, 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 or hospice care, like for the elderly hospice care, um, you know, uh, my heart is forever with you. It is tr a tragedy. And I really sympathize with everyone who has been affected. And all family members, all friends of people who have passed on in hospice or comfort. 
it's very sad. Unfortunately, there are certain conditions where really, truly, there is nothing that can be done. And it makes me so sad. We need to find the cure for cancer. Like, we really do. <laughs> I have a feeling we will. Because, as I say, I say this all the time. Medicine and technology is improving every single day. We're going to find cures. We will find cures. Maybe in a couple centuries from now. After we're already long gone naturally. But, you know. Always have hope. Always Always have hope. Oh my god. Alright, next question. Can you heal from PTSD over time? I really like that this person asked the over time part because I will say, when it comes to PTSD and like being traumatized, being put and being having a really terrifying very disturbing situation happen to you time is your best bet for healing as the more time that goes by it gets easier to talk about the more time that goes by it is easier to not be affected at least as much as you used to as time goes by, you will find with new experiences in your life that you don't need to hold on to any of it. And I've really let go of everything. <laughs> I've really let go of my past. I've accepted it. And I learned how to navigate through it. Because I know, like, back in the darkest times, I was just extremely lost. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I mean, no 14-year-old would know what to do in a life-or-death situation. No one of any age would know what to do in a life-or-death situation. So, it's, you know... With, with PTSD, it's about learning how to live with, live with the memories because the memories will never go away, but you can change how you feel, but change, but if you change your perspective and how you feel about the situation, yes, this was a very difficult time. This was something really scary that happened to me. This was something very disturbing that happened to me. Acknowledge that and say, but I'm stronger than that and I can move on. I don't need to have this hanging over my head for all eternity. I can let go and I will say time is your best bet of healing give please give yourself time it's hard <laughs> therapy was very hard i for when i first went to therapy i could barely talk like about and i couldn't get a sentence out about 
my experiences with the hospital, my ordeals, all the fights I went through. Um, but now I can. And I'm going to say, I would have never started this podcast if I didn't get therapy, go to therapy. I'll say that again. I would have never started this podcast if I didn't go to therapy because I would have never been able to talk about it. I would have never been able to talk about my heart condition publicly. I would have never been able to speak about my experiences in the hospital publicly. I would have I would have never even thought of the idea for a podcast as, for a podcast such as this because it would have if I didn't go to therapy, it just would have been too painful for me to talk about. I wouldn't have been able to do it. I wouldn't have been able to talk about it. So, considering I am literally right here today talking to all of you about my experiences when if I didn't go to therapy, it would have never happened. Please consider going to therapy. Please, please consider going to therapy because it will change your life positively in a very positive manner. You can really help people. <laughs> I would have never thought of doing anything like this. I... The only reason I'm allowed to, the only reason why I'm even able to have a podcast where I talk about these really difficult things, it would have never happened if I didn't go to therapy. So keep that in mind, because I hope this can help someone. Oh my god. Oh my god. What is the hardest part of being in the hospital? I get this. Okay, you know what? This one might actually be my number one. My number one asked question. And I have never wanted to talk about it because everyone has, like, different experiences with the hospital. Everyone says the surgery is the hardest part. Like, like, like going and preparing for surgery. The hardest part everyone says that chest tubes being ripped out of you is the hardest part some people say some people say just being in physical pain is the hardest part what I actually thought the hardest part personally for me was is that when you're in the hospital you're you depend on everything and everyone um you have to you need assistance to get out of bed because you can't like put any pressure on your chest after it was just sliced open for like the 12th time no I'm, I'm not the 12th time I'm being way over dramatic I've only had my chest cracked open seven times so but like you know having your chest cracked open multiple times uh, needing the assistance uh, to be able to like stand up and walk um, needing assistance to shower um, like there were so many 
another, another, I, I, I want to tie another question into this one. Another question I got was, did you ever take anything for granted? Absolutely. Absolutely. What I took for granted was my own home, my own bed, my own shower, my own privacy, um, my, my own clothes. Um, I took my heart beating for granted. I took a, you, you never realize how much something really means to you, how much you appreciate something until it's taken away from you. Um, I remember coming home and feeling so relieved that I could sleep in my own bed take a shower by myself without any wires or machines attached to me. That was really nice. <laughs> um, it really put me into perspective of being able to go to the bathroom alone with no privacy, with, with, with privacy, with, with, with privacy, you know, it was being able to wear my own clothes again. And I love the hospital gowns. I love them. They're very stylish. But you'll, you, I, I tended to gain more of my personality back once I was able to uh, wear my own clothes, <laughs> you know? Next question. How are you still alive? You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> no, like really, seriously though. This is one that I get a lot. Um, because, and you know, I don't really ever get offended by this question because frankly i have asked myself <laughs> i'm like how how after everything i went through how am i still here how am i still alive because i have there's so many times i almost there are so many times i have died and come back to life cardiac arrest respiratory arrest i had a massive stroke when i was five i have had negative over negative blood pressure that just absolutely bottomed out. Um, I've had, I very strongly remember a near-death experience where I was probably dead. I'm not sure how long it was, but I but I was dead for some time. And you know, I I also want to mention the number one. I was so beyond blessed to have been able to have the number one best cardiac surgeon in the entire world 
take on my case and open my heart in the surgery and save my life. And this, this number one hero, this hero of mine, he was my ultimate superhero. He saved my life and he gave me back my life. He gave me a life that I had never would have experienced without him. I remember him saying to me, I think this was maybe six, seven days after I was post-op. I think this was six or seven days post-op. He came into my hospital room and he said, to, he told me my situation. He told me he, there was no tricuspid valve in my heart. He couldn't believe I didn't die. Because it went completely undetected for... We have no idea how long it went undetected for, but... He couldn't believe I didn't die. And he has taken on some of the most complex cases, and... Apparently I'm one of them. He couldn't... He... he, he my, my parents even told me, when they were in the waiting room... When he came out and said, all right, well, the surgery was a success. And he told them everything he had to do. I closed the hole. I replaced the valve. And he literally said to them, honestly, your daughter's a living miracle. And a medical mystery. A serious medical, medical mystery. He has no idea how I managed to live without a tricuspid valve in my heart. I just, it makes me like, I don't know how, I don't know either. <laughs> that's, that's my question. That's, that's my answer. I don't know either because but maybe, but I have a feeling there are multiple reasons. And I think a, a huge reason is because I had to stay because I hadn't fulfilled my purpose yet. And I be truly believe this podcast was one of my purposes. The next question, when you got really sick, did you ever come to the realization that you were dying? Yes, I could physically feel it. Uh, my heart was having an incredibly difficult time pumping blood to my lungs. I felt like I was suffocating. My oxygen saturations were 50% I and I felt it. I knew it. Um, I just felt so wiped out all the time. I felt like the wind was constantly knocked out of me. I couldn't stand up for more than five minutes without passing out. I couldn't walk for more than like a block without passing out. And because my heart was just so weak. 
And it was under such immense pressure to beat. <laughs> I, I really don't know how I survived it. I really don't. I remember my heart just having such, it was under such an excruciating time for my heart. It was really suffering. <laughs> and it's the most important part of your body because it keeps you alive. Your It keeps the blood moving and the blood keeps you alive. And, you know... Considering I'm now 100% paced and my heart doesn't beat for so anymore, I think that might mean it's possible. I don't know, but could it possibly be that my heart just wanted a break from all the stress, probably? I, I mean, it happened overnight. It was so extreme they had to put in a pacemaker almost right away and I woke up and they told me I'm 100% paced now and my heart can't beat on its own anymore and I'm thinking well, well I guess anything's possible <laughs> like just I, I, I can't even tell you how insane it was to hear that you're a hundred percent paced your heart can't beat on its own anymore within a literally overnight it, it happened overnight and it just <laughs> i was like well I guess everything's possible. Like, literally anything is possible. You can have a device that makes your heart beat. That's amazing. That That is amazing. That is amazing technology that I wouldn't be here without. Okay. <laughs> this is getting really intense. Um... I have one last question, and I'm going to end on a good, happy note. What songs? Oh, yay. I love songs. Who else loves music? I love songs. I love music. What songs have helped you and have you related to? Okay. Well, I obviously need to mention Someone's Watching Over Me by Hilary Duff. Um, I got to sing that song with her and oh my god, it was just the best moment of my life. I will admit we got very emotional during the song because, I mean, the song makes me cry. <laughs> the song makes me cry. It's a very emotional song and it's about not giving up and trying to move forward uh, no matter how difficult it is and it was difficult another song uh that really helped me was rainbow by kesha if any of you have listened to rainbow by kesha 
yeah, that song makes me cry. <laughs> um, it's just, it, 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 it gives, it, it's, it's about having hope and strength to just let go of, of things. <laughs> and that is something that really helped me, helped me move forward. Okay. Another song that, uh, really, that I definitely relate to is, uh, Madeline by the Backstreet Boys. Um, it's a really uplifting song. In fact, like, the chorus is rise up, rise up, rise up. <laughs> um, and, and it's about, um, finding, uh, finding yourself again and trying to, uh, live the best life you can and I think that is definitely something that I have successfully fulfilled um I am very happy now which is I'm extremely happy now I'm probably the happiest I've been in my life in in, in my whole life because I'm no longer having all of these challenges that I used to and you know it really helped me a lot it did she's a butterfly by Martina McBride this song is actually one of my all-time favorites one of them I said I want to make sure I make it clear one of my all-time favorites um she's a butterfly by Martina McBride it is just it really summarizes uh, what I went through. Um, the chorus is, she's a butterfly, uh, nothing's ever gonna bring her down, and everywhere she goes, everybody knows she's so glad to be alive, she's a butterfly, and I was like, I'm thinking, well, yeah, this is exactly, the, this is, this is the song, this is the number one song I can definitely, uh, feel, um, so much power and it really helped me get through um the toughest times I don't know why I got so emotional all of a sudden <laughs> um okay um there are two, two more songs that I really love that have really helped me Confident by Demi Lovato. Okay, if you guys know this song, you guys probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Confident by Demi Lovato is what inspired me to go to therapy. Confident by Demi Lovato. It's just, it's just, it, it, it's simply a question. Well, what's wrong with being confident? Nothing's wrong with being confident. Of course, you, of course, confidence is key to yeah I, I had to really dig deep in therapy to gain confidence I had to really try my best to find out how to really move past all the problems I had with my past I had to move past I had to I had to realize that the nightmares don't have to control me and, you know, the nightmares of being in the hospital and, um, and I don't have to 
I don't have to be afraid anymore. Um, and another song, and finally, the last song I really relate to, um, or not relate to, but helped me. This song, I love this song. It's Stronger by Britney Spears. Um, it's just so powerful. Confident and Stronger, both Confident and Stronger. Um, these two songs are like, I need to tell, uh, everyone needs to listen to them right now. Listen, go listen to them right now. Um, Confident by Demi Lovato and Stronger by Britney Spears. Those two songs are so amazing and they, and they're such good, feel good songs. Uh, they really, uh, raise your self-esteem and it, it, it'll uh, I hope it'll help you help you realize you know in your perspective because it definitely helped my perspective of your situ of any kind of situation you're in and I hope I hope you guys can reach out for help because um if you're struggling with anything related to your mental health um because it is it is very very important. Thank you everyone for supporting me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh,